Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. everyone and welcome back to star fellows your favorite DD podcast in a galaxy far far away i am your dungeon master rob and with me as always are my friends hannah hello mills what's up and brennan i adore doing good where we last left off uh well a lot of things have happened um Akala is still recovering in the hospital. Um, the party met a new friend, uh, Mix, and their droid match. Uh, L got a new hand. Rama got a new sword. Everyone got medals. Um, everyone, <laughs> everyone got medals. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mix didn't get a medal, so that's kind of yeah. They sure did. Post- posthumous medal. Well. <laughs> Um, yes, and uh, there's still a lingering question about uh, what to do about the hive um, and where the party goes next. Um, we ended last session kind of with uh, the medal ceremony and then the conversation with uh, Mix and uh, Bronze, her Jedi Master, about joining the crew at some point um, on their adventure to go find the hive and Queen Meloronin and uh, the Orb of the One Mind. Um, now, though, we are going to open on um, Akala Resh. Uh, we're going to check in with Akala. So, Akala, you are still in the uh, hospital room that you got moved into uh, a few days ago after waking up from the back to tank. More of your stuff has been moved in here um, to kind of make it more of a uh, personal, like, homey setting. So there's, uh, you know, now like a television screen, there's some some movies, some books, some, you know, so they brought in your like comforter and blanket from your, your bedroom, uh, some pillows. 
Uh, and this is like going to be your home for the foreseeable future. Um, it's become kind of clear to you that they're watching you like a hawk to see if you flip out um, and or try to break out uh, rather. And uh, y- this is kind of your existence. So it is the the night of the medal ceremony. You've just watched the ceremony on the TV screen. No, I didn't. You did not do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to hurt. Fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> Oof. Oh, does Aqua get to see? Are there people who are flirting and yelling at Elle picked up on the TV oh, screen? Is that a fun God. little thing? Um, <laughs> oh, you're so hot. Are you single? <laughs> they actually had to cut the broadcast short because somebody did flash L like Girls oh Gone God. Wild style in the audience. <laughs> um, he deserves it. <laughs> um. Everyone is He's had like a really TV rough time. Like, yeah, this is yeah. really hard for him, uh. <laughs> like emotionally. It's kind of like a panacea for sure. Um, yeah. So you like the the medal ceremony was broadcast. Uh, Chancellor Andros's speech uh, and the the commendations to you and your friends uh, was captured on TV, complete with the giant banner of your face that was unfurled and the moment of silence that horrible. was taking place. Just horrible. <laughs> uh, I imagine Akko's mood is not great. No, not at all. Um, they gave her a TV specifically for that. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they, they wheel it they, in. <laughs> it's also running. Uh, I like to think it's running reruns of sitcoms. I was thinking like Days of Our Lives. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking like Friends. <laughs> I'll be there for you, except when you're in an asylum. <laughs> I think. Or go ahead. Go ahead. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just giggling. Oh, what I mean, like, say? I was just like, she probably turned off the TV during the ceremony and has not <laughs> yeah. turned it back back on since yeah. then. <laughs> totally appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Aqua uh, is just kind of like stewing in silence. Um, and a few hours goes by. The sun starts going down, um, and uh, yeah, eventually you hear kind of a gentle uh, knocking. Um, at the door, um, just. I'm not gonna answer. Um, you hear a muffled voice like outside. Go, is she still in there? She's good, right? She's she hasn't left. No, okay. Another set of knocking. Hello, Akala, are you in there? I don't answer. Okay, coming in. <laughs> uh, you hear, <laughs> you hear the, the the doorknob turn, um, and through the door you see uh, the the floating um, resplendent figure of uh, Grandmaster Emmy Grimwald, the the Jedi Grandmaster, um, floating in uh, with her robes. Um, of course, she's a, a very elderly looking woman um, with like gray and white robes that flow down and like lightly brush against the floor um, while she herself levitates perpetually above the ground. Uh, she's missing her, her arm, um, as always. Um, and as she opens the door, um, you know, you see, again, the t- like two figures of Jedi Sentinel guards kind of standing watch outside of your room. Um, she floats in and says, Hello, dear. How are you? I think she's probably just staring at, at the Grandmaster. Um... 
Yeah, you're just gonna mean mug her. Yeah, I'm trying to like. That's fine. Yeah, this That's is, an appropriate this is, response. Uh, this is a bit unexpected. Yeah, this is like yeah. she's a she's a little bit shocked. I think that the grandmaster's here. Well, I'm frustrated. I imagine. I decided to come visit you to check on you in person. I haven't kept a close eye on you in particular, but, um, you know, I've always kept tabs on, on you and Elle since uh, I trained Ugle and Cornelius way back in the day, so you're sort of my grand disciple. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see you. Ah, not the talkative sort today, I see. That's fine. That's fine. Well, uh, perhaps I'll just ramble on a bit if you'll forget an old woman for taking up some of your time. Um, when I was a Jedi Knight, there was a, a very high chance that your Padawans did not survive you. Either you would perish in battle, or maybe they would betray you. War tends to be like that. Makes you doubt yourself, the world, and even your closest friends. Life has been much more stable since I was young. Forgiving, uh, life has been much more forgiving since the last war between the Sith and the Jedi concluded. That war is all history now, but the lessons of old conflicts can shed light on present troubles. Does that make sense to you? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> when it comes all down to it, Akalam, uh, it all just comes down to what you want to do, you know? Uh, and she kind of, like, like getting, like, zero response from you, just kind of, like, leans back in the air and, like, kind of reclines. <laughs> uh, uh, it, all, it all just kind of comes down to what are you willing to do to attain your goals. Um, and the answer to that and is what defines us. Good or bad, light and dark, these are just words. They have no meaning. Our actions and our methods, those are more concrete. So, what is it that you want? I have no goals anymore. I have no direction. Ah. Uh -huh. Well, that makes sense. Your life has been completely upended. So that's normal. Let me ask a different question. Who do you want to be? I don't know. I have no sense of self. Anymore. I... I... I'm just stuck in here. And it's just... It's, it's so frustrating. Yes. It is often frustrating to lose one's way. Becoming lost is never an enjoyable experience unless you intend to become lost. Or so I say. I sympathize with you, Akala. 
But like I said, it's our methods and our intentions that decide who and what we become. Emotions are fleeting things. Even the worst of them come and go. But what we do in response to those emotions is what people remember, and what we remember about ourselves. For now, you're floating in a miasma of confusion, and that's normal. That's where you would be, having momentarily succumbed to the darker forces of our world. But there is a path out of every uh, quagmire. Sometimes you just have to be stubborn enough to find it. If you do want to do good and adopt uh, intentions and methods that will at least be helpful and productive, then I have need of you. The council is deadlocked on what to do with you. Old wisdom would say that corrupting a kyber crystal is a sure sign that one has irrevocably tainted the soul. I think that's a bit dramatic, but I still would like to see you prove them wrong. For now, you've been stripped of your responsibilities as a Jedi Knight until you are more stable and more capable. But now is a time for growth, and I think that you will sprout like a sapling after a wildfire. I'd like you to talk to Maxie about what you could do in the meantime to get yourself moving and out of this dingy hospital, hmm? How does that sound? How many of them did you have to talk out of executing me on the spot? Hmm... Aww. She kind of like looks at you evenly, like a little bit less whimsically, and she says, Less than half, but the council is deadlocked because of a holdout. She has a reply. But, uh. Well. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, she continues to kind of, like, look at you evenly and says, like, You must understand that this is all to be expected. I don't know what you thought the consequences for something like this would be, but I think, like to think we did a good job warning you of the dangers of the dark side. For now, just be grateful that you aren't being executed. Do not focus on those that would have it be otherwise. Right now, focus on yourself and on finding again a sense of self. Ciao! And she uh, starts floating out of the room. Um, uh, you hear some rustling in the hallway and in a few moments you hear another set of knocking. Hello, Akula. It's me. Maxi, I've I've come for a visit if you're feeling up for it. No answer. As normal. Um, he doesn't come through the door, but he says I brought you some cake. <laughs> no. no answer. No. There's just kind of like a pause. 
It's a really good cake. No. <laughs> oh, it's not like you're going anywhere anyway. Just, you hear the door, like, open up, and he comes in and says, you're having your cake. He, like, walks into your room. Um, and kind of, like, sees you. What does he see when he sees you? Um. I think, I think she's just kind of, like, very much standing, like, stereotypical bad boy pose at the in the back of the room um <laughs> just like arms crossed body language just not open at all um just kind of leaning on the wall um i don't know just kind of as far away from the door as possible i guess um yeah that's that's how she is very tense um <laughs> yeah, I guess he kind of like sees you like edge posing <laughs> like, against the wall and is like like my my okay. Um Hello, Akala. Hello, Maxie. Um Sorry you missed the medal ceremony. Um I brought you some cake and also your medal cuz I Think that you should I don't also... want that. Oh, the cake is quite good. I don't know why. The metal. I don't want that. Ah. Oh, right. Um, well, I was asked to deliver it anyway. You can do whatever you want with it. I. Does it doesn't matter to me. Um, and he just like throws like the metal, like <laughs> you know, like the gold metal, like onto the the desk in the room. How are you doing? How do you imagine I'm doing, Maxie? Ah, uh, well, no detective, but your body language and tone of voice makes it seem like you're doing not well. I just spoke with Master Grimwald. Yeah. She told me nearly half of the council wanted to execute me. How would that make you feel? Um, like I'm in danger? Like I might be on my last legs? That maybe I should get with the program a little bit? And not give the council any reason to change their opinion? Because right now, the majority seems to want you to not be dead. Do you think of me as a failure, Maxie? No. Not as a failure, but your failure right now is kind of a big deal. Doesn't mean that's who you are, but it does change a lot of things about how life is going to happen for you for a little bit. But I don't think you're a failure. You're not the first person to feel love or anger or hatred in a way that addles their brain a little bit. It's practically the human experience to love and feel so passionately that you know, Maxie, out of all the people I've talked to, I didn't think you would still be one to talk down to me. This is all I've been hearing for the past, for the past few days. Just everyone just telling me it's okay, it's just, I thought you would be someone who understood. I thought you were someone I could trust. 
I don't need to be talked down to anymore. Okay. Well then. I won't talk down to you then. I'll just tell you what I need to tell you. Cecil is being asked to lead the cleanup effort for the Argoplex, and she has some interesting design ideas for how to rebuild. I will be helping reestablish order and the rule of law for that area and help people resettle. Part of Ugle's efforts to convince the Council to not let you just die or be exiled is that he has volunteered your efforts to help rebuild, should you be amenable to doing so. In other words, if you help people rebuild in the Argoplex and, you know, are doing better and are more in control of yourself, then that would go a long way into showing the council that you're not some dangerous maniac. Although yelling at me won't help. Have you ever thought that maybe I am some dangerous maniac now? Isn't that what the light side and the dark side is all about? Just black and white? I think it's more convenient for you to think of yourself as a dangerous maniac because it takes all the responsibility of acting dangerously away from you. Nobody thinks you're a bad person, Arcola. They just think that you made a bad call. So if you want to help us rebuild and clean up, you can do so. But if you don't want to, or try to escape, it's gonna make things worse. So if you don't feel up to it, don't pretend you are. But it'd be a way for you to get out of the hospital to see some people and to stretch your legs a bit. But this is real shit, Akula. You try to break out, if you try to do anything rash, it's not going to be about votes, right? It's not going to be about what people think. It's about security at that point. And that's the cold side of the Jedi Order. It's the side that we don't like, that we don't want to talk about, but it exists. And since we've been in a time of peace for hundreds of years and haven't had a Sith Lord until Sue popped up in the past year, we haven't need to be as executive about how we deal with these problems, but if you make it a problem, it's going to be a problem. And I'm scared, okay? I don't want you to die. I don't want you to turn into something I know you're not. I'm not trying to talk down to you. I'm trying to help you. We have more information about Oko, if you're interested to know her part in this whole endeavor. The only thing I wish about Oko is that she was dead. Yeah, she might agree with you there now. She's been locked up in even tighter security than you are. She's a wanted terrorist and a known murderer. She's facing trial on a few months. Her father is outraged, of course, and supremely embarrassed, and is probably going to lose re-election of his home planet to Chile. Her mother is devastated. She led a very sheltered life, as I'm sure you imagined, and a very privileged life. We had to interrogate her pretty thoroughly to get the full story of what happened. The way she tells it, she felt very constrained. She was expected to follow her family into politics, 
and be a representative of a planet before becoming a Republic official herself. These political families, they control the futures of the children to a maddening degree, I think. She told us that she first discovered her force powers when she was seven. She found one day she could make her stuffed animals float, and she uh, was found by her maid having a sort of tea party with a kettle and a bear floating above the table. Oko spoke fondly of discovering her affinity within the Force, feeling like she was special, and she talked fondly about that maid as well. When her father discovered she was Force-sensitive, he was taken aghast. He saw her sensitivity as a threat to his plans and as a degeneracy that would lead his daughter down the path of mysticism and... Oh, well, he didn't want her to become a Jedi. So, he... Well, she didn't elaborate, but he sent the maid off to Tatooine with a bag of credits and a promise never to tell anybody, and he started watching her like a hawk afterwards, making sure she didn't accidentally uh, get discovered. Once she became more independent, she started seeking out information about the Jedi, the Sith, the Force in general, and that's how she met Rosie, and inadvertently led the Red Maw to discover that Rosie was an arms dealer, and that's led to some of the conflict we've seen now. As she got, how she got involved with the Red Maw, she was, uh, it's kind of an accident. We discovered that Sue and Kazak had been trolling around the Power and Lights district, searching for Force sensitives for quite some time to build their ranks. Quite a few of the people they found who had an affinity for the Force were found to be related to Jedi, both current Jedi Order members and the long-deceased, which sort of implicates some strange things about the Jedi Order and why there's so many heirs to Jedis that are in the slums of Coruscant. Oko told us that she had been practicing what she had learned from Rosie's book collection out back of a bar called The Deep Drink. Apparently, Sue and Kazak had cornered her and connected with her about the Force. In short, they sweet-talked her into joining their gang. However, she insists, she insists she never wanted to become a full dark side Sith. She swore up and down she had no idea that this would lead to killing people and torture and sacrifice. The way they got her entrenched into the gang. There was her and another force sensitive, a Bith. Sue made them play a game of sorts, involving a metal spear and a, a competition of wills to project the spear. She ended up murdering the Bith, and after that was a wanted criminal. Her first serious application of the Force was for murder, and that started her slippery descent into the dark side, until she became what you saw her, a madwoman torturing children in a cave below the city. Until you killed her. And put an end to Sue. 
and almost killed Oko. Aka... I don't know what's going on, but... You aren't turning into Oko, are you? I would never be like her. I want to believe you. I do believe you. But part of me just doesn't know. Someone will be by to talk to you more about rebuilding the power and lights. I hope you'll join us. Um, and he exits the room. Okay. Um, next we're going to change scenes over to, uh, L. So L, after the medal ceremony, uh, you go back to your, to your quarters, um, and are kind of settling down for the night, um, when you hear, uh, a knock at your door. Um, you hear a knock and you hear, uh, Cecil shout out from beyond the door. Boo boo, are you in there? Hello, L. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, get up and go to the door, open it, and just give Cecil a huge hug. Um, yeah, like, the door busts open, and you see, um, like, Cecil in, like, this, like, very smart-looking, like, navy blue pantsuit, um, with, like, some of the, like, the Jedi regalia kind of on it, um, and she just (laughs) is like, oh, like, big hug, you guys, like, wrapped up, um, and, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she like steps away from you and she says oh El my hero you scrumptious burly hero dragon slayer hero of the people icon Um, (laughs) like rolls his eyes a little bit (laughs) he's like and look at you all fancy business woman I know I am the head of the rebuilding effort for the power and lights district I know applause applause um, it couldn't pan- be in better hands. <laughs> I know. It's really been a, a strong career ascension for me. I mean, you know, started at the strip club. Now I'm a major executive in the Jedi Order. Funny how things yeah. work out like that. Um, apparently, they really like my logistical skills. Really good at managing people. And they are not good at that, more yeah, or less. Yeah, no, they, they're real shit at it. So anyway, they gave me the job, and I think it'll be fun. Although I think our apartment got destroyed. Not that we were living there anymore, but... Yeah, well, turns out super fucking rich now, so... Hey! You need to replace anything, let me The know. bounty of million credits, baby! Although, are you splitting it, or do you get the full million, or what's the deal there? Oh, uh, no, me, me and Rama are splitting it. I, I don't think... Uh, yeah, yeah, me and Rama are splitting it. Yeah, there you go. Um, good. Well, like, uh, what do you think is gonna be next for you? Uh, well, I, uh... I don't know, I made some promise to some weird force entity that I had to go help clean up the universe and shit, so... Probably go do that. Jedi Council, you probably heard, and... I aren't on the uh, best of terms right now. It's kind of funny how it turned out, I'm not going to lie. So I've got to make myself scarce on Coruscant for the time being. 
Yeah, yeah, you mentioned something like that. Well, that'll be new. Sounds like you'll be going on an adventure, getting off planet for a while. Well, that'll be fun. Well, I'll, I know some guys at the like identification and like documentation like department. I'll make sure that all of your codes and stuff stay up to date. So anytime you need to get in and out of you know Republic control, you can just phone in. So uh, you'll be able to get back here, no problem. Uh, you will be coming back here, right? It'll be a while, but yeah, I really gotta play it safe because the Jedi don't really want me here too much. But there's also a lot of resources here, and they can't publicly denounce right. me. So yeah, we're really just playing a balanced game, and you know I don't really care for politics. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of politics, I mean, I don't mean to pry, but, uh, is Akala okay? All the news says that she got hurt and she's still in the hospital. Yeah, uh, I think Akala will pull through. She's kind of dealing with her own shit and it was very heavily implied to me that it would be best if we did not interact going forward. Well, that's horrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I mean, I don't think she was, like, good for you, if you want to be straight. I mean, I feel like now I can say this because, like, she's not in the picture. But, like, when I saw that whole thing, I was like, ah, like, this feels like you're really going back to like, this old thing. And, like, I always thought you really needed... Like, a nice, like, down-to-earth girl. Like, you need a girl that can, like, grow stuff, you know? Like, you need someone that's going to be, like, a good cook, someone that can make some pasta. But, like, I don't know. But I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway, I listen. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Alcala cook in my life, but I don't know if she can't or (laughs) now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, when you start really breaking down, like, what practical skills people have, you can kind of, like, select people out of the dating pool pretty quick. Like, can't do laundry? Nope. Can't cook? Nope. Can you change a speeder converter? Nope. Because if we get stranded in the middle of some planet and we can't fix the speeder, like, what are we going to do? You know, it's just like normal Has first date question. Has that ever happened to you? No, but I haven't met a man that's wanted to take me off planet before. So, like, somebody needs to step yeah. up. Yeah, what's the deal with that, Cecil? You got anything in the works? I mean, it's uh, kind of hard now because your dating pool, uh, working for the Jedi Order, I imagine you're not going to really find anyone around here. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, listen, finding people isn't the problem, but everyone around here, not about the relationships thing. It's all about the casual hookups, you know, and I'm just, I'm over that part of my life. I'm a professional now. I'm trying to start, you know, something more concrete, just like really build a home, you know, and I'm not really here for this kind of casual, oh, you're a super soldier and want to have a fling before you go off and fight in some place. No, I, I want a man with a job who's going to stick around. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. Anyway, uh, you guys can kind of like talk about girl talk, I guess, uh, and like, you know, yeah. all of this. Um, but you have a nice conversation with Cecil. Um, is there anything that you, anything in particular you want to like say to her, like in a serious sense before uh, like this scene ends or? Um, I think at some point, like, when there's, like, a little lull in the conversation, um, Elle is like, 
I think at some point when we're talking about, like, we're running through the battle, because, you know, there's probably, like, the media thing of what happened, and, like, so I think at some point she's probably, like, bringing that up, and I'm, like, and we're going back and forth, and I'm telling her, like, what actually happened, you know, that kind of thing, like, what's, what's the real story behind it, you know? Um, and, because I think, I think Cecil's very politely not asked about my little, like, <laughs> prosthetic arm. Yeah, I feel like she, like, has been waiting for you to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Our tactful Chad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, at some point, it's like, I was down for a while when I was in there, when I when I lost my arm. I, a few more seconds, if Rama hadn't come in, I'd have probably been dead. And I just wanted to let you know, because, you know, I don't like talking about feelings and shit, that I love you. You're like family to me. And every every time I come back to Coruscant, I'll make sure to check in. Um, Yeah, like Cecil starts like tearing up and is like... Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you made it back. <laughs> I didn't even notice the hand. The hand looks amazing though. Oh my gosh, this is so shiny. It's a little masculine yeah. for me, but like it's it's nice. It suits you very it's nice. It's Besker, so it's uh hopefully no one slashes it off with a lightsaber is like the goal. Again. I swear to God though, if I lose my left arm because of that, um I don't know, I might I might just quit. I might just retire. Yeah, one arm, one fake arm is, I think, good. Two is like, okay, like this is becoming a little bit of a problem. Like it's a little excessive. Yeah. Um, and, but then she like she like wraps you up in a big hug, and like you guys have a a sweet little moment of, uh, yeah, you will always be family. Don't worry, Al. We'll see each other again. Yeah, and uh, uh, what I will say about Ocul- how long have you been sitting on that Akala stuff? Uh, like since since you met her, or like really, since, really, really kind of vibe when I, the first introduction was like, like her being like upset that you were still alive because I was like, that's like, I mean, like what? Fascinating. Uh, <laughs> but what I will say is, what's going on with her? I think the order is trying to keep under wraps more than most. But if you could do your best to just. Check in. She's not in a great place right now, but just just keep an eye on her. Sure. I'll keep some, uh, yeah, I'll keep an eye keep out. Some, yeah. Yeah, I'll send her a gift basket or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm really trying to think about what she would want in a gift basket at this point in time. Like, probably, and like, think- some citrus, some, like, some chocolates, maybe. Some good soap. Some good soaps, you know, maybe a candle. Yeah, she doesn't like. Yeah, get her like, like calming stuff, like some Epsom salt kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, you're you're always better at that sort of thing than me. So sure, sure. I'll, I've I've got a gift. I got a whole gift basket guy that I consult with. Like I got it in the back. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll keep an eye out for her. I'll I'll let you know if anything uh, interesting happens with her yeah uh 
yeah oh also before while i got you here um for the rebuilding the power and lights district you know since i since i've been on coruscant well since i came back to coruscant you know that's kind of been all my efforts is really just investing in that part of the city so uh i want to take about a fifth of what i got from this reward and just give it to you to put toward whatever efforts you need funding for that maybe you can't get like official funding for the city, but you know, shit that needs to be done. You know how I do. Yeah, no, there's, there's always more need for, for, for funding for different things. Like we're going to need, you know, materials to build shelters and, you know, feed everybody and all that. So that would be wonderful. That would be so, that's so generous that we would absolutely love to take whatever you're willing to give. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you know, do you want to like have a movie night like old times? Oh my gosh, yes! Oh, I've got so many movies. I brought my whole collection before from the you apartment. You brought before. it all. Oh, oh, here, here. Or did you bring it like here right now? No, I. Well, I have to go back to to where I'm staying. Okay, in my yeah, like, yeah. like that'd be like a few minutes. But like I can, I've got all the classics, so we can we can have a night. Yeah, I'd like that. Cool. Um, yeah, Cecil leaves like for briefly for a few minutes and like brings back a bunch of movies. Um, you guys like have like a movie night. We have a sleepover, party. We make popcorn, yeah. we're in jammies, we're on the couch. Yeah, nice. Great. Um, so uh, at some point, like you know, like Cecil falls asleep before you, and kind of like the credits roll on the last movie, and you feel yourself like nodding off to sleep. And as you like close your eyes and like fully go into sleep, you feel the familiar pull in the center of your skull (laughs) as your consciousness peels away from your body and is pulled through time and space to the planet Typhon. Um, To the familiar, you know, planet with the orbiting red and blue moons, the Ashla and the Bogan, um, to come and see the Bendu once more. Um, This time, um, when you land on the planet, your consciousness is in the middle of a dark forest. Um, you are surrounded by trees and darkness and like rustling leaves. Um, and the skies overhead is the same distorted, like fast spinning swirl of the Ashla and the Bogan. But this time, instead of an ever swirling purple, the sky seems to be creeping farther into the red tones. Um, the skyline is hewing kind of like a sunset into darker red. Um, you kind of like wander as a spirit through this forest a little bit until you come to a small clearing where you see the Bendu sitting by a campfire and leaning against a tall tree. And he looks tired and sort of sickly. His massive frame that is like part organic wood and part rock seems to have been like turning uh, a shade of kind of fall colors um, and he sits like underneath these trees um, he gestures with like one big stony hand for you to come and he says oh come sit by the fire yeah I'm gonna go sit by the fire <laughs> <laughs> wonderful um, he sees you and says I am sorry about your hand but I'm proud and pleased at your work in retrieving the crown of Erebus. That crown was a deadly and powerful tool that could have ushered us quickly into the twilight of this age. 
Yep. I, uh... Yeah, well... It was pretty fucking difficult, so... Glad to have kept it from being used to hurt more people. Yes, you did well. It's a pretty heavy cost. Indeed. I watched your progress during the battle. You handled yourself with poise and grace, and most importantly, held on to what was the most important in yourself. As much cannot be said about your companion, I hope she recovers soon. But I fear her days will darken before they lighten. <coughs> and he starts, like, going into a coughing fit. Are you okay? <laughs> do, you, do you have lungs? Less. <laughs> Such a fucking question. <laughs> the real I'm just so confused. He's like a giant stone thing, and he's coughing, and so I'm like, wait, what? You good, bro? The cough... The cough definitely sounds like stones like rattling against each other, I will say. Yeah, well Uncle now Elle is just thinking about like, wait, what the fuck is going on internally here? Um. <laughs> Do you Such a question I did not anticipate when I wrote in has coughing fit into my notes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about Elle. I just say the first thing that pops out of my mouth. Like, the confidence of this man. Yes, I technically have lungs, but that's not important. <laughs> I have so many questions, but it, right, right, there's a universe. I, is, is this like a, a manifestation of the imbalance between light and dark? That's actually a pretty good summation, yeah. Yeah, I'm really good at this kind of shit. Yeah. It, there's, I know that I chose well when I when I chose you. Okay, <clears throat> but let me explain. Last time we met, I told you the story of the Infinite Empire, the first galactic force to colonize the galaxy. I told you creation of their Star Forge and their deep affinity with the dark side of the force. Today, I hope to fill in some gaps and make things clear. First, let me speak more about myself in the Ashla and the Bogan. Because as you have guessed, when I speak of the Ashla and the Bogan, I of course refer to the moons themselves, but the Ashla and the Bogan are not just moons. They are also beings like myself who manifest from time to time. But they don't manifest at will or when they want. It changes like seasons. And he gestures above him to kind of the changing, uh, like, brown and orange leaves of the trees. And the galaxy changes with it. The infinite empire was guided by their lust for domination and bloodshed. Their slaughter and conquest caused the Bogan to manifest himself and take part in the affairs of the galaxy. My brother has a fondness for fire and battle that I could never understand. With the influence of the Bogan fully upon them, the Rakatans accelerated their war machine, and indeed their own destruction by leaps and bounds, and when their race failed, so did the strength of the Bogan, and the era of light guided by the Ashla was ushered in. And that was the dawn of the Jedi. In between the dark and light is I, the transition, the balance, the middle child, or just the Bendu. 
I sit before you now because the season is balance and neutrality, but the season and myself are slipping. Things have been set into motion that will escalate for the next few centuries until I have receded either into my sister, the Ashla of my brother, the Bogan, and once again they will rise out of a swirl of conflict between mortal peoples. This is the first reason why we must make haste in securing the remaining artifacts. Securing them will buy us time in the greater scale of the universe and take powerful weapons off the board for the followers of the Bogan. Second, let us speak of the specter that has haunted your footsteps. I suspected at first, but now I am certain <coughs> that the specter is what remains of the, the Emperor of the Rakatan Empire, who threw himself into the Starforge at the collapse of the Infinite Empire. Emperor Telomax was his name. I believe what happened is when he threw himself into the Starforge, he managed to stamp his spirit into the web of the Force. Kind of like stamping a brand into a piece of hot iron, which has allowed himself to keep his identity and awareness, but to lose all ability to take physical form. Yet he still craves a body, and I fear he is drawn to the objects of power that were crucial to his reign and his downfall. The ring, and he puts up a finger, was an artifact of the Bogan, the crown was created from malice of the cultists of the Infinite Empire. The orb created from the souls of their victims. The staff was wielded by me to defend the innocent from their wrath. And the dagger, the bane of the Empire, was forged by worshippers of the Ashla, funnily enough. It was designed to weaken and mutate the Empire, leaving its people diminished and defanged, but not dead. The spirit now craves these artifacts, wanting their power, but most importantly it needs a host who is already sufficiently deranged and powerful enough to make the wrath powerful enough to take control and to use the will of the objects to their fullest effects. So, when you encountered the spirit first on Rhodia, I suspect the spirit and its hosts were searching for my staff, which is hidden deep in the jungles there. When Sue came into contact with the crown, it searched out her to take control of her body and use the crown for its fullest effect. Now, perhaps it searches for either the orb or the dagger. So, we must make haste. Does this all make sense to you? Y yeah. But like, I guess what I'm confused about is the spirit, I was talking to Cornelius, said something about how my vessel was weak and like threw me over uh, a cliff and then like with Sue it like knocked me down and then was trying to go for Akla and shit but like I don't know why doesn't it just like fucking kill me cause I'm really not deranged so like I don't think I'm gonna be a good I don't think I'm really a potential vessel for it at all no no you're not 
You do have the potential, though. It senses the sensitivity you have to me and your affiliation with me. You can understand as a, a partial representative of the will of the Bogan, it is attracted to things that are like it. But, you're right, you have none of the malice or the evil will that it craves that it wants to latch onto. So it has tried to kill you. It threw you over a cliff and attempted to attack you before your master was able to intercept it. I think it understands that you're a threat. That you're one of the few people in the galaxy who have the information necessary to understand it and fight against it. And, uh, how do I keep it from going into Akla? Because it seemed pretty keen on that. Harder to say. The spirit doesn't like light. I would be surprised if it attempted to infiltrate the Jedi Order. Mortals, most mortals, can't see the web of the Force the way that we can. If you could see it, you would see that, that around the Jedi Order there is essentially a spider web of positive energy. Uh sort of ward that has been built up over many thousands of years of people meditating and practicing peace and resilience and harmony. All things that the spirit detests to its core. I think Akla for the time is safe as long as she stays in the order. But force powers centered around light and casting light seem to be most effective at fighting it directly. I guess my next question is, what am I supposed to do with the artifacts once I got them? Because right now it's just kind of hanging out in a monkey droid, and that doesn't seem like a good long-term solution. No, no, this is true. Before you depart again, you should store them someplace safe. I suppose the Jedi Order would be the best place to keep them. Again, I am partial to putting them on a planet and burying the planet in silver. That, I think, is the best security method, all things considered, but... Uh, keeping them someplace safe for now and out of commission is the best thing to do. Once they're all gathered, then I can put them in the center of a star or something like that, and we can be done with them. Alright, cool. If there are no other questions, then I do have a present for you. Uh, gift of information. The, oh, or yeah. the orb is with the hive, and the hive is a needle in the galactic haystack. But I am privileged to see with greater clarity. I have seen visions of a honeycomb floating around the Kajik system. Sorry, I was like, <laughs> I, I wrote down Kajik, and then I, like, as it sounded, and then I was like, oh, wait, I, that's just a word I've been pronouncing wrong because I only know it from Star Wars Battlefront 2. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, shit, that's good. Yes. Well, <clears throat> I hope that you are successful on your journey. I do feel myself receding as things start to darken. There will be a great conflict in many years to come. I do not know if you will be a part of it, but there will be a great battle and a calamity and a fight for the light and darkness. 
out of which one of my siblings will arise. I hope that our efforts today will help to save lives in the future and to keep things in balance. May the force be with you. And then he extends a hand and you see the planet start to like rapidly recede in your field of view as you are catapulted back through space and time into your body. Okay. Um, I wake is, up and I'm like drooling a little bit on Cecil's shoulder and I like wipe it off real quick. She's full she's on like asleep. snoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tuck her in. Okay. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So... As you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, but take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time possibly so um yeah that's that's what we're gonna do um which also means this is gonna be my last announcement update whatever thing ever probably so um yeah I don't know that's really all I kind of have to say I'm a little behind on our social media pages so I apologize for that but um we'll we'll get there we'll catch up and um yeah next week's gonna be the very last story episode season four finale and then um i'm not a hundred percent sure when the wrap-up episodes are gonna happen they may not happen for a while simply because a lot of us are busy um and we're just kind of working around our schedule um so they might not happen for a few weeks we're gonna try to squeeze them in eventually um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute, but they'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. <laughs> um, they'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I think that's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because I don't know. It's. It's almost over. Um, yeah. Thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um, 
and thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap ups come out. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Rob, what, what type of cake was it that Maxie brought Akala? Well, if, you know, if Akala fucking ate it, you would know. <laughs> I think she will. I think, like, <laughs> next she leaves. Room, I think the next time she's in the room alone, a piece of it is missing. <laughs> that's a, that's okay. a good detail. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the the cake was a slice of cake that Maxie brought back from like an after party of the medal ceremony, and it yeah, is that's what you were thinking. And it is like um, I think it's like probably something like weird flavored, like it's like vanilla blueberry or something like that. <laughs> um, okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, like I think like the part of cake that he brought like had like a lightsaber on it, so like the part of the cake that is the lightsaber is like blueberry flavored and then around it is like white vanilla cake. I don't know. Something weird like that. Um, I just kind of want blueberry cake now. Um, so <laughs> thing? Can people make that? Yeah, I'm sure, right? Just blueberry flavoring? I don't know. Um, the next day. Uh, so Rama, um, you're in the thorn um, and you wake up and you uh, hear somewhere in the... Uh, like greater like hangar workshop area you hear a lot of commotion um and you hear uh sounds of monkey and a lot of metal banging and like the sound of power tools and welding um and just like (laughs) like a bunch of like construction noise (laughs) i'm i'm gonna like roll out uh of bed just like put my helmet on. I don't know if I want to put the whole outfit on, so just like the undersuit and like a bathrobe, and then the full <laughs> Mandalorian helmet. <laughs> uh, uh, amazing. So yeah, the the dropping um like ramp from the thorn like like hydraulically lowers, um and you come stepping outside with like a red mug. And like this bathrobe and your Mandalorian helmet, <laughs> and uh, what you see is you see M Zero uh, uh, running, uh, like frantically away from uh, Mix and Match, with a bunch of stolen scrap metal and other <laughs> mechanical parts that he has taken. Um, and he is like running and you see him like run into like a side workshop room and then like lock the door. Um, and like mix is like banging on the door, uh, running after him. So Hannah, if you want to get into the, the, the role of mix real quick. Dude, you can't just take scrap metal from around the forge. Come on. You got to come out. Mm-hmm. Monkey. Mm-hmm. What are you building? Mm-hmm. Does Rama understand that? Um, <laughs> is that tech check? <laughs> uh, uh, he he like mentioned some like something about an upgrade. Oh, uh, sorry about that, Mix. He's uh doing something really important. I think he's upgrading the ship, and uh, you know ships fly, and they get shot at, and then they explode. So upgrades help you. 
Yeah, you're, but your ship's been just kind of sitting there for a while, right? Okay, it hasn't okay. seen much action. Well, yes, but in case it sees some action, if we ever find the hive, and afterwards, look at scrap metal. Who can a Jedi? Do you guys, like, collect taxes or something, right? I mean, come on. Some metal. Uh, I don't know, dude. Um, Match, can you can you get this door open? Yeah. Um, you see, like, <laughs> um, I well, think there's this, two options here. Like, is either, Monkey, uh, like, trying to block <laughs> Match from getting the door open? Attack <laughs> um, roll? So, yeah, I can do attack roll. Yeah, they're just playing, can I roll for Monkey? They're just playing chess. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're both the tech rolls. We're doing it, yes. <laughs> Who's That's got so the better R2-D2 hacker, um, Jory? M-Zero has a plus two attack, I think. What's, okay, so plus two? Got it, yeah. I got an 11. That's a five. Bam, Hell monkey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, match, like, go ahead and, and describe, like, what match looks like again um, for us, Han. Yeah, so I, I picture him, like, However, anyone wants to picture this, um, just like a basically a floating version of BD One with a little bit of like Lola from from Obi Wan the the show. Um, so like uh, maybe like a square kind of uh, type head, but like hanging legs and like just kind of floating around most of the time. Um, but yeah, I think he like flies down to the lock of the door, whatever opening mechanism. Uh, uh, this door has and sticks like a little prod thing out like R2-D2 or if it's just like a simple lock yeah. has some sort of lock picking thing on yeah, it. Yeah, it's definitely like an <laughs> electronic like probe that like goes into like that circular um, like spinning tumbler sort of lock that yeah. Star Wars really yeah. found of using. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so like uh, match like cheeps and like and uh, is able to like kind of like slide the door um unlocked and like you see like m-zero has like already like started like welding certain things <laughs> and it becomes like clear that like um like you actually take a good look at him and you guys like haven't seen m-zero for a little bit but like over the past like you know like 12 or so hours since you guys had that initial like meeting conversation on the way to go see um l like m-zero has like modified his own body uh he has like added on like length to his torso and has replaced some of like the porcelain with like extended like metal um like cavities and stuff. so he is like a foot longer <laughs> um and he has like redesigned some of his own engineering and seems to be in the process of like making like steady upgrades to himself dude if you just wanted to borrow some metal all you had to do was ask i i like your upgrades though they look really nice what what are you what are you doing there and i'm gonna just take a look at you know, prod around monkey again. Um, yeah. That's how Mix is. Um, so, like, before, like, M-Zero, like, had kind of the the body shape of, like, a, a smaller monkey, but he seems to have, like, he seems to be going for more of, like, a chimpanzee sort of look at this point, where, like, he's, like, trying to add on, like, a little bit of bulk, and he has, like, added on some, like, more, like, kind of, like, like smaller storage containment in his, um, like, chest. Um, he still has kind of like the the rose gold and the porcelain body design um, that was like originally like put onto him by Rosie, um, it, but like you, he's not going to open up his chest cavity for you, so you're not going to see like any of the internal stuff. But he just looks like he's like added on some scrap metal and like redesigned like parts of his chassis. No, um, yeah, I'm not trying to like prod into him or anything. I'm just like admiring his work. <laughs> yeah. So he he's welding. Wait a minute. Uh, eh. 
Monkey, are you wearing a welding mask? <laughs> Monkey, you don't have eyes. You don't. <laughs> you don't need that. <laughs> um, he 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 gestures kind of like at the welding mask, which is like not over his eyes, but is like he's like wearing it like a sideways baseball cap, basically, and he's like, <laughs> like with caution, so like. <laughs> Love that. Love that, dude. Being safe. <laughs> You're um, so good at welding. Safety king. <laughs> um, oh, it's good to see you. So, uh, sorry about that. No hard feelings, uh, Mix. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. I'm, I'm not one hold, to hold grudges at all. So, don't don't worry about it. Huh. Yeah. I gotta say, by the way. Monkey, what was that? Come on. Whoop. You let that droid beat you. Are you being polite or are you just getting stupid? Come on. I mean, matches of my own creation, so, like, it, it's hard to beat. Um. We'll get to a rematch later. <laughs> Re- rematch. It's like whenever two parents are, like, in the stands and the kids are playing basketball and one, like, sh- just blocks <laughs> the other one's shot. <laughs> I think I think M0 is pretty focused. Um, in fact, I think, like... So, like, the Hive got brought up earlier. I think, like, M-Zero, like, turns to you guys for further explanation and um, casts a hologram of, um, first, the uh, Hive ship, the, the, like, honeycomb-shaped, like, satellite ship, um, and then the uh, hologram of uh, Queen Meloronin, um, and then, like, a hologram of the orb. Um, and then he beats his own chest um, and like cries out, um, like, "Hey, this guy's in the know. He knows what's going on." Hey, speaking of knowing going on, do you know what that ball of whatever the hell it is? I gotta tell no, you. No, absolutely not. I've never seen that thing in my life. All right, you know what? <laughs> I was gonna explain this really simply, and then I realized it was gonna sound crazy. But just bear with me. Oh my we God. got a lot of crazy <laughs> shit going around here, so like, try me, dude. All right, imagine a ball of like a thousand souls that's uh, got some kind of wick-wack space magic infuement similar to your force thing. Similar to, but not the same, I guess. Got it. I think. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't understand either one. I I have a gun. I got two guns. But, Is there uh, other space magic that I should be knowing about in the universe? Yeah, like, well, you know, like the big, like the, you know what? Never mind that. <laughs> Wait, does, does Mix know about the crown or the or the anything? Um, the, the the artifacts, like the actual like artifacts, are like pretty top secret. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's just like, yeah, it's a ball of souls. <laughs> Well, Mom was like you backtracking. Know, He's like, you know, like the other famous artifacts that are so famous and everybody knows about that are top secret. Can I roll insight on that? <laughs> yeah, sure. Good I was insight. like, it, it just uh, occurred 14. to me and Rama that I can't mention that they're one of the other artifacts if Mix doesn't know about it. So this is going to be a really funny explanation. Uh, it's 14. 14. I think that, like, you. I think Mix knows that, like, Rama is clearly talking about things that, like, are important and that he's probably not supposed to be talking about. And I think it's unclear whether or not he's playing dumb to, like, backtrack or if he actually doesn't know what he's talking about. But you're fairly certain (laughs) he let slip, like, something that is not well known across the order. Okay. 
Uh, okay. Yeah, cool. Like, I don't Giant know if you know this, but like... Wall of Souls. Got it. Let, yeah. You know What's how... Uh, yeah, there is other space magic. You know how you guys can use your force to move things? Well, there's like a... There's like a, a dimmer side of it, and it can... A dimmer side. Shoot lightning and stuff. Oh, are you talking about like the like the Sith? Like the dark side? We're always going to like look over both of his shoulders and be like, all right, stop secret though. I wasn't supposed to mention that, but... Uh, <laughs> That's what that's what the other magic is. Oh my fucking god, that is so <laughs> funny and uh, kind of clever. Please roll me deception check. <laughs> like, I, I I totally forgot that Mix wouldn't know what the uh, other artifacts no. are. Like, how do you this explain is... this? <laughs> like, yeah, the other dark space magic. The oh fuck, <laughs> so stupid. I... Why, Brennan? Why? No, it was good. It's, <laughs> it was great. Well, I've got a plus six to deception, but it's a two on the die, so. Oh my god. Eight. I feel like an eight is not going to persuade Mix that you don't know, or that you like are unfamiliar with the dark side, or like. But <laughs> that would be an amazing bluff. Just being like, did you know these people that are evil that use the force? <laughs> Guys, <sighs> some people are using the force for like bad shit. <laughs> Like, oh, only made credible because like stupid. not everybody in the galaxy is like up on like up and up on like how the force works but like <laughs> my god what's what a bluff um <laughs> fuck um <clears throat> got it yeah um super uh secret space magic um that we definitely don't know about here at the Jedi Order we definitely are uh un unknowledgeable about that um, souls, you said? This thing is full of souls. That is, I know I said we've seen some weird stuff, but like, holy shit. Souls? Yeah, yeah. I actually don't know how that one works at all. I'm, in real life, my mind's going back to like bombing that tech check. Did I fail that tech check? <laughs> I can't remember. We found it in the arcade mistake, but. I mean, I, I have lore dumps too, like you, like you three about like how the orb works at various points, I think. I think yeah. Rama would know at this point from talking to Veltarakia that the orb is like filled with souls that he basically used technology to extract one of those souls and imprint it onto like a piece of AI technology to essentially create a new personality and like a new like being and that's like kind but of makes doesn't know that much yeah <laughs> We're like uh, yeah so there was a this really evil bastard who uh, did soul stuff you know I had a friend. Of a friend named Soul once. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. El, what do you think uh, you're doing right about this time? <laughs> <laughs> to, I'm like, wow, I, I wish get I was on my way to the forge for some reason. <laughs> so I had, at the beginning of the episode, I had a list of um, things that I wanted to like be buying or purchasing yes. and stuff. Um. And one of those actually was, in fact, I want better armor. And I wanted to ask you as a DM, because we have so much money, if uh, if I could only buy, like, regular armor or if I had the opportunity to get enhanced armor. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm pr I feel reasonably confident saying that, like, you can buy the best armor that money can buy if you want it. Um... In that case, what I'm doing now is... Uh, I'm going to, for the first time in my life, because A, when Elle was a kid, 
they were like really poor and grew up in an orphanage before they were picked up from their planet by the Jedi. And then they were a Jedi their whole life. And then um, after that, they went incognito in the Power and Lights district. So they've never really had access to this amount of money and is going to go buy like a really nice outfit. Like just go and get something tailored. And it's just, it's not even super ostentatious or anything, but it is something that he can buy that's just made for him. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll, we'll say like, we'll put a pin in the, the mix of drama <laughs> conversation. You guys, I, I can just like hang out at the Jedi Order for a little while. Yeah. So L, like in the morning, like you and Cecil kind of like, what do you, I mean, do you want to go shopping with Cecil? Fuck it. She'll go with you. I figured uh, L would probably like ask Cecil because he knows that like she would know where to like get stuff and he doesn't. Um, but yeah. Um, just be like, yeah, so uh, very sheepishly, like, do you um, know any, like, nice clothing stores or anything? Um, the sound that comes out of Cecil can only be, like, described as, like, a squeal of victory and glee um, as she starts, like, naming off, like, dozens in rapid fire of, like, great shopping places. Um, Cecil, you're saying so many words. I... You're like you're like saying those like I should pick one, but like I don't okay. know any difference. So what are you feeling? So you probably you don't want like what do you? So what what kind of clothing are you you wanting? The 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 good kind. The good kind. Okay. There's oh, okay. Are we feeling sporty? Are we feeling formal? Are we feeling? Like, I don't think I've ever felt sporty in my life. <laughs> she kind of looks at you and like your biceps paladin. and is like. I don't know, baby. I think you live sporty, but uh, any case. So, I mean, like, where, are we looking for a new style? Are we looking for, like, street casual wear? Are you trying to find some things that are going to look good while you're doing your thing? Swing yeah, your lightsaber? Like, or I think maybe, like, something that's just, like, nice. And then something that's nice that I could, like, do lightsaber things with. And maybe that goes with this vest because this vest is, like, magic and shit. Yeah, so you have kind of like this, like, uh, it's like kind of like shiny, um, like hide jacket, right? Um, yeah, the the battle hydra jacket, I think, is, is yeah, that's the creature battle yeah. hydra. Um, okay, um, listen, I there's this uh, lovely uh, shopping center in 500 Republica that has like a bunch of great, like, young professional type of like vibe stores that will give you kind of a good variety of stuff we could get you like a suit for if you're doing like spy things and uh we could oh gosh you got money now so we could get that shit bulletproof we could okay yeah i'm also gonna be in a jungle planet for a while so mm. like you know you know i don't i'm not really like i mean i want to look nice but i figure it'd just be easy if you just wanted to pick the stuff i'll probably i'll wear whatever <laughs> so do you, you want you always do, look so nice so you want me to pick your outfit um like I me think as a dm game, pick your outfit or i think we'll we can collaborate in game i want it to be like cecil finally gets to do the makeover of l that i think she's always wanted to do that he's always been like oh, we don't need that like i need to keep a low profile and all that shit okay um so, so propose, if you propose something that looks hot uh, yeah, you can pick the outfit. 
Um, okay, so I think like the first uh, the first place she takes you is like a men's like formal wear place. Um, it's like okay, like obviously the first place we got to start is like suit or tux for those formal occasions where you really just need to bring your A game. So I would right. recommend like uh, like a black suit or tux or something that is like uh, like a, a nice deep blue um, that you could wear for like a variety of different occasions. But like a tux or a black suit is going to be the most formal. And then what we can do is my friend Tony makes bulletproof inlays for sport jackets. Tony can can make some modifications if we want have it be like the same armor class as your normal armor um so we could do that and then like we could pick out some ties and some different cufflinks. i like those ties with like the little thing and the, the two strings a bolo tie Okay, well, that's gonna radically change what I think design are gonna. Work. So we're going. Oh, if we don't, if we don't, if that's bad, we don't have to. No, do it. bolo ties are great. I forgot that you are an outer rim kind of kid. So uh, we're gonna look at some. Okay, so we're gonna change color palettes. We're gonna go more, uh, more like dark tan, some sandy tones. Um, how do you feel about ten gallon hats? How does that? No. I like j- the the head tails. I've seen Twi'leks. Like I don't know if they work too well. Mm, that makes sense. I, no, that I way. think maybe a, just like a different kind of headpiece. <laughs> okay, so yeah. When I was a kid, I saw. I it's just when I was a kid, I saw people with the the bolo ties, and I was like, damn, that's like that's the fanciest shit I ever seen. Okay, so she she finds you a couple of different like formal outfits. She finds you like a black normal like tux like or yeah like would you for, for tux or suit? I think a tux is a bit too rich for Elle. Okay, <laughs> even so, though, so like we're gonna do a nice suit. Okay, so she gets you a like um like a nice kind of like navy blue suit um, with a couple dress shirts. Um, and then she picks out some bolo ties. She also gets you like finds like a dark tan suit that will like work more with kind of the bolo tie aesthetic. Um, and then uh, she picks out uh, some uh, turquoise uh, cufflinks and um, like some, some like turquoise, like other jewelry um, yeah. that matches uh, the turquoise bolo tie gemstone and kind of like, uh, nicely contrast with like the the orange of your skin. Um, okay, so like that's kind of like for formal occasions, and then she takes you to another spot that's like more uh, like grungy streetwear. I also um, want to clarify that we do also have a vest, so that way Elle can just do like the button down bulging biceps with the yes, vest. Yes, clearly, clearly, as necessary. Clearly, um, I didn't think this was gonna be like okay a fashion episode, but I love fashion episodes. Um, yes. So then you're for, doing so good. So I then, love the outfits. Then for like streetwear, um, so like starting with like jungle, like things that you're gonna need. She finds you some like olive green, um, like uh, canvas pants that are like light and like breathable, but like sturdy. Um, that have a lot of pockets like it's not fashionable but like it's so practical that if you just don't have it in the jungle i feel like you're just gonna want it um like multiple socks like sturdy no i definitely didn't have enough pockets last time so this is good (laughs) yeah she finds you some like uh some like nice light like hiking boots um uh she picks out some like bandanas and stuff um like some like red uh or not not red red wouldn't be good for your skin like some like 
white and uh yeah like green bandanas um a couple tank tops um yeah like just for like like jungle shit um and then like uh, um yeah like other streetwear stuff would be good for l like you're just gonna she's just gonna like load you up on a bunch of different fashion choices like um you already have like that nice like jacket so i think <laughs> like i don't know like a bunch like male fashion can get kind of boring because it's just like ah like a bunch of t-shirts and stuff um i think like definitely for the the hide jacket i imagine that cecil sneaks in some like hot leather pants yes and it's like that's the, the look is just yeah. vest pants no shirt combat boots yeah and like some bracelets i think i think that's the move yeah Maybe a choker. <sighs> that's that's a vibe. Okay. Yeah, and L and <laughs> L's like, I don't think this is like this is like my usual look. But. No. This is really going into Rockstar territory and I love it. Um <laughs> Okay. Um so you guys get loaded up on a bunch of fancy uh fancy outfits. Um and I'm gonna say you're gonna come back to the order um and reunite uh with uh mix and rama who have been kind of yeah chopping it up um also just yeah go for it please on a point of order while we are out i also got a loot and some artist implements specifically Hmm. painting things so i can practice some more fine motor skills with my new prosthetic hand oh nice um love that and uh yeah i would say l specifically is looking for monkey because (laughs) monkey's just been walking around with the crown in his chest cavity and l's like okay so now i know i need to give that to put it underground and the jedi and pour silver on it or something um (laughs) does l lock in like while i'm trying to not let the crown split slip to to mix um like sure, we can we can line up those timelines. I mean, I think I think <laughs> L L is like just like searching for M Zero and comes across like you and Monkey chilling, and I guess like Mix like hanging out in the forge like nearby. Um, so L walks in with their. Which outfit are you wearing? Um, it's important. <laughs> it is important. I think. Um... I think I'm not I'm not wearing the rocker chic. I'm not I I'll probably I, I know we spent so much time describing these outfits. I'm probably not wearing any of them right now, but <laughs> I am not wearing my Jedi robes specifically. Like I'm just wearing like nice slacks, the vest, um like a long sleeve t-shirt with the sleeves like pushed up to the elbow, like that kind of equivalent. Yeah. Um as a kind of like the Jedi can't make me wear my uniform uh, kind of thing, but I'm not trying to be like hi. Um, I'm a big bisexual rock star from the eighties. <laughs> like I'm not trying. It's like I'm trying to push the envelope a little bit, but I don't want it to bust. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I probably just look like you know any visitor who comes to the Jedi Temple who just dressed like a, a guy. Yeah. Right? Mm. Um. I don't know. I guess uh, Mix probably doesn't know, like, the... the. F- I feel like most of the people in the Jedi Order don't really know the whole deal that's going on with Al. They're like, he was gone, he's back, he's kind of yeah, no, here. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think Mix sees L walk in. Um, 
Oh, hey, dude, hero man walking in. Uh, how you doing? It's been a while since we've seen you. Since I've seen you, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Gave us kind of a scare for a, for a few years there. Uh, how's it going? Yeah, no, uh, things are going pretty good. Just uh, save the Power and Lights District. Now we got to save the universe. So, you know, typical shit. Typical Jedi shit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rama here was just telling me some interesting stuff about uh, a ball of souls. Is that right? I'm gonna do like oh, the oh. like the <laughs> the hand Where in front you? of the neck motion. Rama, <laughs> that's that's real interesting. Yeah, you know, there's like a lot of different artifacts that exist uh, across the galaxy. Well, and, we're allowed uh, to talk about that. What? We're allowed to tell. We're allowed to tell them. No, we shouldn't be talking about it, but you already talked Artifact. about it. So, so there's, like. are there more than one of these um, orb soul balls out there? I, I think there's probably just the one of the orb soul balls. <laughs> I guess I don't really know. Uh, I don't really take inventory of everything, but um, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to take Monkey and we're just going to go on a little... Uh, oh yeah, he's been like upgrading himself. He's a smart little dude. He, he took some of my metal, but uh, he's... Uh, Got a new new sort of look to him. Yeah. Uh, I, like, look at Monkey and I, like, do a little up and down and, like, a little approval nod. Yeah, you know, you guys could really use some uh, uh, ex-Jedi droid bonding time, so uh, we're going to let you get to it. Monkey, yeah, uh, go, go with L. Wait, Mix, I do have a question. Like, Yeah, what's up? Anything for you, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> Rama's like, what the fuck is this? Uh, what exactly have like the Jedi Order like told y'all about me coming back and and shit? Uh, not much, man. Just like you're here all of a sudden. Um, you were at that medal ceremony. I really don't know. I like I spend most of my time down here. You know, I don't really hit up the hot goss or anything like that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, like, you're public heroes and everything. Um, I, you know, I don't even really know, like, I thought, like, we thought you were, like, dead. And that's, so that's, like, not, that didn't happen, I'm guessing. Uh, it was real touch and go there for a while. Got basically. it. Got it. Um, well, I was kind of dead for, like, a really long time, though, so. Oh, um, well, that's no fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all good now, though, mostly. Well, that's good. Yeah, no, we're, we're we're glad to have you back. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't really heard anything about like I'm not you know part of the council or anything, so they don't really keep me in the loop about any of that sort of stuff. Uh, sorry, I I wish I could help more, but yeah. Well, uh, right. Um, in into this conversation walks uh, both Kobe Cornelius and Bronze Beckham, um, who are like chatting with themselves as they enter the sliding door, just. <laughs> Oh, um, hey, El. Good to see you around. Did you go shopping? Yeah, uh, Cecil took me out and we, uh, is it like, like, is it, is it too much? No, uh, it looks good. It looks like you got some, some new, new threads. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I went to go check on you in your room and just, uh, I saw a bunch of shopping bags and I was like, whoa, <laughs> uh, must have gone on a spree. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've never really done that before, and I figured with the the bounty and and shit, I could. Uh, I just, I just, you know, we're gonna do a lot of traveling, so it seemed, it seemed like a good idea to get some clothes that weren't just tanks and, uh, 
work pants. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've always been fond of a good robe myself, but uh, yeah, it's it would be good at some point to, to you know, really, yeah, really sample like what's out there. Blend in, and I wasn't sure how I should be presenting myself when I'm out. Yeah. Um, and then Bronze kind of cuts in, well, we're all here together. This is probably a good spot to have this conversation. Um, well, gang, uh, uh, the Jedi Order's been kind of packing up, getting ready to, to do a galaxy-wide search, as it were, to, to go find the Hive. Oh, they're in Kashyyyk. Whoa, okay, hi. What? How do you, why do you say that? How long do you know that? A few hours. So what is it like? It's like mid-afternoon, so. Yeah, well, I was going to tell you, but I wanted to do that shopping thing before the tours got too busy, and I figured as soon as we said the information, and figured it could wait half a day, so, because it'd take you all, like, a long time to track down the hive anyway, so. Well, how how do you know? If you were, if you're out shopping, were you just, what, what, what? How would you possibly know? I feel like I gotta have a long conversation. This seems like one of those places we should be sitting. Do we, is this where we want to have this conversation? Uh, we could. You guys could move into like the Thorn if you wanted to have this conversation there, um, or like anywhere else in the in. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it's gonna be kind of a long thing, and I'm just gonna need you to like. I'm just gonna need y'all to be real cool about a lot of shit. I look at bronze. <laughs> Um, Bronze is like it was like caught up early in the moment. Is like yes, like we know where they are. Like battle will be imminent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> so uh, uh, he snaps out of it and he's like, oh, um, yeah, no, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. Mix, are you cool? Oh yeah, we're cool. We're cool. We're so cool. I'm not cool. Fucking cool. So what, you got a spy in the hive now. How would you know this? Come on. That's a good question. Well, I'm like- also curious. Kobe's the only person that looks like yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> have I? I haven't told Kobe anything about the bogan yet, have I? Or about the Bendu? Uh, the Bendu. Goddamn. No, you guys had a conversation about it, didn't you? Say, didn't you tell him that you were seeing? Th- I think stuff. I think that did happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. So, uh, like the Bendu rat, the like mythological sort of figure that lies between the Ashla and the bogan and the planet of Typhon. That uh, it's like the spirit of neutrality or the manifestation of neutrality. We're all familiar, yeah. No, wow. yeah. heavy, but yes, I've 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 heard of this. Right. Okay. So, uh, I kind of work for them now. What? Shit. So he's like real. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, they really want us to like. Well, me, I mean, kind of in general, all of these really big artifacts, the ones that we were talking about, uh, Cornelius, to, like, not be a thing people have access to. So, oh, yeah, I have, like, a really, really powerful artifact that needs to be locked down immediately. Uh, The thing that Sue was having that allowed the purple worms and the smoke and shit, we probably should lock that down sooner rather than later. But, um... Yeah, so he was just, we've been talking in, like, my dreams and shit, and the Bendu was like, well, they're in the Kajik system, and yeah, so, oh, and there's, like, you know, learned, I mean, there's, like, a lot of stuff I learned about 
the orb of the one mind, how all these things came to be, the ghost that's trying to jump my bones, and, uh, well, now it's, I think it's going for someone else. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's why, part of the reason why I'm like, I like a bronze, like, semi- I don't I don't really know what the word is for what I'm doing with the Jedi right now, but uh I'm I'm really more of like a consultant these You might days. be more Jedi than the rest of us, man. Um yeah, Bronze <laughs> looks at you and says, "What do you what do you mean when you say that you work for the Bendu? Have you seen him?" Like in dreams and shit, but like my consciousness is what is it like astral projected on Taffin? So, yeah, we just have conversations. It's like a giant stone thing. Uh, not doing so hot right now because the balance of the universe is is leaning toward the dark side. What with all these shenanigans, but uh, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll figure it out. Um, Bronze just looks like super overwhelmed. He's like, wait. Oh, ah, okay. You're... I, I kind of give Bronze like a pat on the back just to like ground him to reality. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, that's incredible. You're an oracle. What? You can speak with the natural, uh, like personification of the Force directly. You get visions of from the gods. Uh, that that sounds like a bit excessive. I don't know about all that. I just I just have like real vivid dreams. I think you are a chosen warrior of the of the Bendu, and he's slipping. And you said, "Oh gosh, oh I need to make a lot of weapons." Um, right. Don't don't get like too into making weapons because that's that's how we got the the. The dagger that is a problem is it's from the Ashla. It was like used for light, but you know, anything that's powerful in the force can be used for either light, darkness, or neutrality in a sense. Which is why also we got to make a few little pit stops on our way to Kajik. I uh, got to pick some stuff up. Yes, um, um, mix. I would like you to accompany L and Rama um, as you. Okay, I need to sit down. Um, <laughs> Pran sits down. He looks very overwhelmed. Uh, Gobi looks very relaxed about this. He's like, yeah, uh, he's, he's special. Um, cool dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's so proud of his special son. Yeah, he like he like makes like Bronze like some tea as he's like hyperventilating. Um, yeah, this is <laughs> typical L bullshit. <sighs> it has been so long since we've talked about anything I can see and shoot. I swear, guys. <laughs> hey, no, listen. When we get when we get to Gajik, we got to get the orb. That's that's just a ton of ships and shit. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Orb, ships, yeah. shit, all all all. Of them <laughs> Honestly, out. Rama, I think you're handling like a lot of the. I mean, it was like kind of rocky at first, but I feel like you're handling this a lot better than a lot of civilians would. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Had they sprung this on me before that last battle in the in the underground, I probably would just just. Uh, I don't know what it would have done, but it probably would have involved blasters in the mental hospital. So, glad we had that personal growth. But, uh, you know. Super promising. Yeah. Look, I, uh, uh, I don't know what this is, but, you know, I know you well enough to trust you, Elle. Uh, 
Granted, that. that's pretty recent, but it's true. So, uh, whatever it is, I bet you're right. Next stop, also, uh, wherever we're going to stop, on the way to stop, on the way to another stop, on the way to Khajiit. Am I right? Yeah. And I'm I'm happy to present this information to the council myself. Excellent. Can you imagine if I get in there with the Mandalorian helmet? And I'm like, so uh, we got this uh, Jedi god who's running around. <laughs> uh, Kobe puts a puts a gentle shoulder on your or a hand on your shoulder. Raman says, "Yes, it would be quite funny to see you explain this to the Jedi Council. <laughs> it would also be quite dangerous, which is why you're not going to be the one to do it." Um, I tell you, I like this helmet attached to my shoulders, so uh, you know. Yeah. Also, I cannot stress how much we need to get this artifact under wraps. Yes. Because yeah. um, I've just been hiding it personally, and I haven't told anyone where it is, and it's really stressing me the fuck out. Okay. Uh, yes. So you, you you guys have both the ring and the crown inside of Monkey at, at the current <laughs> time. Right? Monkey yeah. is the most powerful being in the universe. <laughs> yeah. While you guys are having this conversation, like Monkey kind of like makes like a burping sound, like a burp, and you see him like briefly like glow red for a second. <laughs> Monkey, cut it out, cut it out. Uh, so can we, we can't bury it here, right? Do you have an, uh, an idea? No, like here, well, okay, so I was talking to the Bendu, and <laughs> to, obviously. To pal, the Bendu, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like obviously. what, this is like what Catholics hear whenever a Protestant talks, like me and my best friend Jesus were hanging out. <laughs> uh, and so, well, he said that like the best option would be to like, bury it in like the heart of a planet and cover the entire planet in like shit ton of layers of silver but that's probably not feasible so we just got to get them all together and then they're gonna like throw it into a star or something but like the jedi order is probably a safe place to keep them in the meantime why is silver in particular that's odd choice of metal don't you think i feel like there's stronger choices out there i think it's uh well in a way, maybe it's because, like, silver has antimicrobial properties that, uh, maybe, maybe that extends into the force realm. I don't know. I didn't really ask a question about that. I was kind of distracted by other things. Hmm. It's also probably cheaper than Beskar if we're just gonna, you know. Yeah. True. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I mostly don't question what they say. No, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't yeah. either. <laughs> I learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> Don't question ancient force beings that are manifestations <laughs> of the fundament- fundamental, like, will of the universe. Yeah, that's something you learned that a long while ago. It was something more like, uh, don't ask questions if you're not going to understand the answer. But yeah, that too. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, I'm really it's itching to go fly this thing. You know, <laughs> to take. Uh, hey, I mean, you just don't learn this quickly. And look at me, I turned out fine. Yeah. Um, so order of operations. So we're gonna we're gonna get through. We're gonna run through some of this just so we can we can put some things where they need to be. Um, <laughs> L, in planets encased in silver. <laughs> um, so Kobe takes um, all. So bronze goes and starts like making preparations to like coordinate ships to like leave the Jedi Order and leave Coruscant and like kind of like coordinating all of that. Um, he ha- thinks of you very deifically as like, oh my god, like there is an oracle among us. Um, Bronze is kind of superstitious <laughs> like that. Um, and he, he he kind of tells you like, long past we would look for signs of an oracle to lead us to glory's victory on the battlefield. <laughs> Our time is coming! Um, and he is like very jazzed. Yeah, maybe we settle down like a little bit. 
We're all yeah, I think I think Rex is away. on calm bronze down duty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're all just like knocking his head against the metal. Like I swear, bronze. <laughs> Shut up. I was just like, I mean, I've never really led people into battle. I'm just having weird dreams. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but it's also kind of also there's the part of L who's been just generally a little displeased with the Jedi Order that is very excited about the rumor of L being an oracle uh, <laughs> spreading around <laughs> because it means that the Jedi still can't do shit um, yeah. from this day of execution <laughs> um, yeah like I mean Bronze is on the council too so it's like you really, really did just like tell a tell a council member like, I am religiously significant. Um, <laughs> kind of, I guess. I mean, the Bendu wouldn't see it that way. The Bendu's like, I am the Pope, actually. <laughs> I mean, El also doesn't see it like yeah. that way in like the sense, but is like, oh, the Jedi will see it that way. Yeah. And that's what I'm gonna do. El's just like, I'm literally just out here having weird dreams, and I stab stuff with a lightsaber. Okay, so f- first things first. Um, Kobe takes uh, takes. You, I guess, I guess just you, Al, um, because you're the only one that would have clearance to go into this place and, uh, M0, um, into, into it in like a a lift elevator that's like at the center of the, of the massive ziggurat in the Jedi temple. And like you take, uh, an elevator that has no stops but the very bottom all the way to like a deep, deep part of the temple. Um, and you exit the temple and instead of being like in a structure you have gone like deep under the mountains essentially and you are in this like huge luminous cavern that has like ruins of older parts of the temple and the uh the sith like ancient sith temples that used to be here too so you see like crumbling statues and like pools of water and like little like cave um like rivulets and like rough like hewn stone and at the bottom there is like a singular jedi in like a mask and a black like tuxedo suit who's like waiting for you at a podium as the lift like um like comes down um and they greet you um they look at at kobe cornelius and like through this mask they say hello what's your business um and kobe says we require containment uh, maximum containment um and the jedi like takes out like a data pad and starts flipping through some screens and says threat level uh kobe like looks down at at you and at m0 and is like universal um and she like, <laughs> looks up for a, she she looks up for a second and is like okay um we got two of them <laughs> yeah they're in the monkey <laughs> She, like, looks over the podium, like, down, like, looks, like, really close. Like, it's, like, an inch from M-Zero's face and is, like, is that so? Um, and M-Zero's, like, um, like, looking, like, a little bit nervous. Um, she, I'll, like, pick him up, like, hold it, you know, like, let him crawl on me so he's less nervous. Yeah, he's definitely, like, like on your shoulder, like, a little bit scrunched behind you, like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna go. Um... A few minutes later, another, uh, like, now, like, masculine, like, taller figure, um, also in a suit and a mask, like, comes and, like, escorts you guys, like, down, like, a long, crumbling, like, stone bridge that leads, like, kind of across these, like, deep underground caverns. All of this is illuminated by, like, blue glowing kyber crystals this time that are fixed around the cave um, that are kind of, like, showing the the ancient, like, crumbling ruins of the, the basement of this temple. Um, they take you to um, a place... Um, 
that is more modern, like a, a metal, like contained, um, like wall. And as they open up this wall, you're led into like, um, neat organized corridors of like rows and rows of like weapons and, uh, like different objects from different cultures all around the universe. Um, and they take you to the very back across, like, you know, and as you, as you go through this like set of corridors, you see like incredible things. Like you see like weird, strange Sith lightsabers, uh, holocrons, um, you know, other geometric shapes and artifacts that look like they're force attuned, but have no clear, like obvious purpose. Um, and you're taken to the very back into a room that has like a huge vault on it. Um, and, uh, they like bring out several, like, uh, cubed, uh, containment, like little blocks that have, um, a twisting handle and like an airtight seal, um, and they prepare two of them for the two artifacts that you have inside M0. Um, so M0 kind of like grabs like his chest cavity and looks at UL like, yeah. Um, so he like unlatches his chest cavity and takes out, um, both the ring and the crown of Erebus and like every force sensitive in the room, like immediately like recoils. Um, so like both you and Kobe and these like two attendants who are, are keeping track of this archive, like both like shudder and like recoil as if like a very foul smelling thing and just like enter the air. Um, and they like are glowing like faintly, like an ominous, like kind of reddish color. Um, very carefully the jedi attendants like uh scoop them very careful not to touch them directly with these containment cubes um and seal them and put them into this vault um with other strange and and mysterious artifacts i give monkey little head pads um so good oh yeah he he kind of hugs your leg and just like uh stays next to you um you do see that, like, he still has that circular indent in the in the center of his chest cavity when he opens and closes that cavity. Um, very similar to what Rosie had. Okay. Um, for now, though, you guys head back up. Um, there is more to be done. There is a conversation to be had, I suppose, with the Jedi Council about shipping off. However, this has been a long session of D&D. Um, so today, that is where we're going to end it. When we pick up next time... We're going into space, uh, and we're hunting down the hive. Bye, y'all. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.